0: in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel and also the book of John. We're going to cover the book of John first. Um, One is in the New Testament, one is in the Old Testament. In the book of John we're going to read from the 10th chapter and we're going to read verses 1 through 14. John 10, 1 through 14 and then we'll read from the book of Ezekiel the um, 36th chapter, and the 26th verse. That's Ezekiel 36, 26. That will be our last verse, but the verses we will read first will come from the book of John in your New Testament, verses 1 through 14. John 10, 1 through 14. John 10, 1 through 14. Through fourteen, Keep your finger there. Go ahead and find Ezekiel 36 <clears throat> as well, it's Ezekiel 36, 26, because we will read that last. John 10, 1 through 14 first, Ezekiel 36, 26. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when you're standing, I will know that you have found the scriptures that we're reading for the morning. John, New Testament, back of the Bible, John 10, 1 through 10, Ezekiel Old Testament, front of the Bible, Ezekiel 36, 26. John 10, 1 through 14, Ezekiel 36, 26. Let us read those verses together. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door to the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them. But they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling is not the shepherd, who's own the sheep or not. Seeth the wolf cometh, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is in an the hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Praise God. Now, let's look at Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of God. Praise his name this morning. He's worthy, isn't he? Yes, Yes, he's worthy to be praised. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, lead and guide each of us to see your word transformed this day through us. Holy Spirit, shape our prayers to reflect the assignment of bringing heaven to earth, the birthplace of supernatural transformations. As our prayers start sounding like Jesus, we trust that each of us Will start walking in Jesus' power. Amen. Amen. So we are headed towards the season of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God fell upon those people who were gathered in that upper room, God deposited something in them. He deposited into them His presence and His power. Okay? The people who were gathered in that place, in that upper room, they represented something. They represented the first fruits of a worldwide work of God that would culminate heaven on earth. Now, we have been talking this year, and it has been our theme and our goal as it is in heaven, right? Yeah. So to bring as much heaven on earth as possible. And if you don't do it, who's going to? Hallelujah. So these people, they had tuned into something. They had um, gathered in a way where they could wait and they could pray and they could come into God so that they could receive something of God that even blesses us today. So in Matthew 16, it's translated, "Thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. As in heaven, so on earth. And we've been talking about this throughout the year. We're to portray whatever is happening, you know, in heaven on earth, right? Whatever is not going on in heaven shouldn't be going on in your lives, right? You say, well, I ain't in heaven yet. But neither was Jesus when he walked the earth. He says he was bringing the kingdom of God upon the earth. And when he left, we're to continue to advance what he brought. So why does the the world need to uh, experience this? Why is it that we need to see or understand a demonstration of heaven on earth? Why is it? You know, the world, I don't know if you keep up with what's going on in the world or what's going on behind the scenes. But one reason that there needs to be a demonstration of heaven on earth is there are some unseen realities that are happening upon the earth. And most people don't believe unless they see. So they don't believe in the invisible underlands that's going on behind the scene. But the thing about it is, Satan didn't stop deceiving mankind, you know, after he appeared to Eve in the Garden of Eden. He didn't stop right there, right? He's continuing... Even today, the Garden of Eden was just the beginning for him. So it's crucial for each of us to know God. Now, if Adam and Eve allowed themselves to be deceived and they knew God, what about the rest of us? So in John 10, 4, 5, it says the sheep know his voice and a stranger they will not follow. To know God means to know his voice in order to bring heaven on earth you gotta be able to make a distinction between the voices you hear and you hear a lot of voices and i'm not talking about schizophrenic type voices where you hear it might be some of y'all that's going through that but i'm not talking about that and you're hearing voices in your head i'm talking about the voices that come to you every day you hear a lot of voices, you know? So you, you've got to be able to understand the voices you hear. And then you got to make a decision to follow Jesus, the good shepherd, right? Because he's the one who says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, right? He says the voice of another or a stranger, they won't follow, right? So we're of Jesus. We're to hear his voice and we're to follow him. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd um, lays down his life, right, for his sheep. So Jesus means this. He means that as the good shepherd, he's gonna protect, he's gonna guide, he's gonna nurture his sheep, right? So. This comparison in the book of John was relevant to the nature of the times. Jesus was trying to get them to understand something. And even when he spoke it the first time, they didn't get it. So he broke it down again for them to get it. And even today, when we read the Bible, we read through words and we don't understand what it's saying, we need to go to another source that breaks it down so that we get it. So Today sheep, like they were then, sheep are defenseless, right? So he compared us who believe in God to sheep. And he said, because sheep are so defenseless, they're totally dependent upon the shepherd, right? So sheep are always subject to danger, they got to be protected, they got to be continuously under the watch of the shepherd, and um, many, many, many things can happen to the sheep, right? They can go astray, and and even in those times, in biblical times, uh, strong currents of water from valleys or even heavy rainfalls can come and sweep those sheep away. So, A lot of times sheep can be uh, uh, stolen by other people, robbers steal them, uh, or wolves may attack the sheep and kill them. And we read even in the book of Samuel when King David, he was telling the story about how he was going to kill Goliath. He said that he had to defend his father's sheep by killing a lion and a bear. So he was a good shepherd, and a shepherd will endure dangerous weather. They'll spend long hours out there, you know, alone in the field, patiently watching and protecting the sheep. Shepherds are subject to danger while they're watching those sheep. And this is why Jesus compares himself to a shepherd who watches a sheep because they'll do everything they can to protect the lives of the sheep. So Jesus gave his life as a good shepherd, he, he, he did this to save us. That's why he was saying in John 14, 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and I'm known by my, my own. So, knowing or clearly distinguishing the voice of God is invaluable. Everyone's life, everybody in here, lives can be radically changed by hearing and obeying The voice of God the Lord constantly is speaking to us right and he gives us direction so it's never the Lord who is not speaking what is it thank you it is us who are not hearing in the scripture Jesus says that the sheep hear his voice Now, if I were to ask each of you to do this experiment with me, to sit still for one minute, close your eyes, and listen. Still, everybody still, one minute, close your eyes, and listen. Open your eyes. It wasn't quite a minute, but some of you were getting restless. What did you hear? What did you hear Jesus say? Did anybody hear Jesus say anything else? How many of you say Jesus wasn't talking? He wasn't saying nothing. Now, the majority of you wouldn't hear Jesus. You hear your own thoughts. You hear noises in the room. You hear noises outside. You hear somebody's stomach growling. But you'd hear everything except Jesus' voice. Now, so is he contradicting himself? Jesus says that his sheep hear his voice. And we know that God don't lie. So does that mean that he's not talking or you're not his sheep? What Jesus said is not wrong. Those of you who are his sheep do hear his voice. You hear the voice of God. You just don't recognize it. You don't recognize what you're hearing. And a lot of times, that's a problem for you. I mean, think about this. Radio stations and television, they're constantly transmitting 24 hours a day, that frequency, those waves and that frequency, right? right. And they do that seven days a week, 365 days a year. So constantly, radio stations, you know, television is going on. Now, the thing about it is, We only hear them when we what? Turn it on and tune in. Turn it on and tune in. And my message for today is turn on Jesus, tune out the world. Failure to hear the signal doesn't mean that the station is not transmitting. God is constantly talking to us constantly transmitting his voice to his sheep. He's constantly telling you stuff, constantly giving you words of wisdom, but the sheep are not turned on or tuned in. A lot of Christians, or should I say the average Christian's lifestyle is so busy, right, that it's not conducive to hearing the voice of God now. if we're to know God, We must do what he tells us to do in Psalm 4610. Be still. He says that. He says, be still and know God. It's in stillness, not in business, that we tune our spiritual ears to hear the voice of God. Now, I know you may challenge me on this. Uh, with the 60 second test that I just gave you but it's not just being quiet it's being still he didn't say be quiet and know God he says be still now when I'm referring to the word still I'm not talking about the adjective still because still is defined as a an adjective, noun, or verb, or whatever, but I'm talking about the noun still. When he's talking about being still, he's talking about still, which means a deep silence and a calmness. And it doesn't happen just like that. It takes effort. So I knew that most of you wouldn't be able to hear for the 60 seconds because you haven't practiced or discipline your spiritual ear to hear. Now, remember the Sunday before Mother's Day when I did the demonstration I talked about the Word of God having the inability to get through because you got the soul right there in the middle? Well, I told you that your soul is a filter, right? And when you're becoming quiet and listen to God and you're not talking, you got to learn how to not just be quiet by shutting your mouth. you got to learn how to be quiet by calming your soul. And that's where you have the challenge. Because your mind, you know, and it does that when you read the Bible. It does that when you pray. Thoughts just enter, enter, enter. Or the other tremendous thing that the enemy uses, drowsiness. You get sleepy. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a prayer session, you get bored. Or if you're down on your knees, your knees hurt. So it's, it's a soulish type thing that's constantly challenging you to keep you from hearing the voice of God. So as you're bombarded with these thoughts in your head, you got to learn how to do what the Bible said to take those thoughts and align them with the word of God. And when that thought comes, replace it with a word. And as the images appear in your mind, replace those images with images of Jesus. How do you do that? Well, as the images come in your mind, you start to change those images. Instead of seeing those images, you see Jesus on the cross. I do this a lot when I go to um, a doctor's appointments because uh, I don't want to hear what they got to say. <laughs> Most of the time I don't, especially negative stuff. I don't want to hear that. So I just see Jesus hanging on the cross, and I'm like, I bind that in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. No weapon formed against me will prosper. That is not my destiny. You know, and I'm just going on with the word of God in my head, not even hearing what these people are saying or receiving it. Now, I know most of you take it as face value and go with it. But you got to learn how to fight back because if you don't want what that doctor is saying to happen to you, then you got to fight it with the word of God. So. You got to see Jesus doing stuff. You got to see him healing the sick, see him multiplying the two fish and the five loaves of bread. See Jesus uh, sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf. See Jesus doing stuff. Get Get the right picture in your mind. Don't get the picture of what they're trying to paint before you. Because, you know, as soon as they give you that picture, you know, the doctor hardly ever gives you good news. Well, great news for you well, this is what your test says. I see that you've got this. So we're going to prescribe, and we're going to have to do this, and we're going to run this, and we're going to run some more tests just to see if this is that. Na- you know, and that's what the doctor says. You know, but if you start replacing it with the words of God, then you would change that image, change that picture that you see, you know? So, to do this, you know, to do this and to hear God, you got to be quiet. You got to be calm. You got to get still. You can't just, you know, physically step out of business. You have to really get your mind in tune with the word of God. See, and the the first thing we do is we get scared. We do. Let the doctor come and give you a bad diagnosis. We get scared. And the next thought is, I'm going to die. Uh uh. You cannot think like that, right? Don't think like that. Whatever the doctor say, that's what the doctor's saying. Let them say what they're gonna say. But you change the image. You change the wording in your mind. So the Lord is speaking to us and that still and that small voice it tells us in 1 Kings 19. But it's drowned out too much by the turmoil of daily living. Because remember, God communicates to the spirit, right? And remember, he speaks directly to the spirit. And most people will will try to surrender portions of their lives to God. You know, oh, God, I'm going to give you church. In two or three months, I'm going to church. I'm going to church, Lord. I'm going to church. I'm going next Sunday. Something happened. I'm going to Sunday after next. I'm going next week. I'm going on Mother's Day. God, I'd definitely be there for Easter. God, I'm a pray, I'ma pray five minutes every day. I got you, God. I'm going to pray five minutes every day. Phone rain. Five minutes interfere with. God, I'm going to read your word every day. So, so we'll give God portions. And this is not to come against nobody. It's a demonstration to show that we we'll give God portions of our lives. And then we leave other parts of our lives unsurrendered to God. So the true secret to hearing God is yielding. God's word and, and your time with him has to become more important than anything in your life. You need to go to the fo- store. Yield. Don't go to the store. You want an extra five minutes of sleep. Yield. Get up. Spend time with God. Right? You have a neighbor. Come on. Come take me. Nope. I'm spending time with God. You got to learn how to deny some things, right? And allow the Lord instant access to your life, right? And when he has that, he feels like he's first in your life, right? He says to put me first, right? not your job not your boyfriend not your whatever you think is important you know don't put that first he say put me first right so when he becomes priority then he starts to feel well i can tell them a little something i can trust them you know i can open you know so god has to see you making an effort and he continuously makes an effort as well So when we're trying to hear God, when we want God to, you know, speak to us or we want to hear what he's saying to us, you know, we've got to allow him that instant access. You know, we got to allow him to continually flow from the depths of our beings. We can't have that blockage that we have in the soulish realm and your flesh can't be manifesting. So we got to die to self. You got to die to yourself. What does that mean, Pastor? You can't, you just got to let it go. Let go and let God, right? You got to learn how to wait in stillness upon the Lord. So communication is God with God is a spiritual thing. Worship is a spiritual thing. It's not a soulish thing. And the thing about it is too often we want to do it from the soul, and we don't press through to get beyond those thoughts and those feelings to get to that spiritual portion. So it has to be when we talk to God, when we read our Bible, it's got to be a spirit-to-spirit spirit type thing. Not a brain-to-brain or a mouth-to-ear. The way we're used to communicating in the physical realm, it can't be that way. You've got to learn how to tap into the realm of the spirit. And this is what God does. He doesn't always speak in an audible voice, but what he will do, he'll impress upon your spirits as he starts to speak to you. And he'll show you some things. He'll, show, you know, he'll demonstrate some, some things that you never thought he would. And in your spirits, he starts start to communicate through you, and your spirit will tell the rest of you, your soul, your body, whatever, what God is saying to you. And there are times in each of our lives where well, we said and we've done st- something or you know whatever that we wish we wouldn't or uh, thought we shouldn't have right we knew it was wrong, okay. and sometimes even before we said it we went on to say it anyway. You had got that quickening in your spirit, ah, uh, and you just said you just let it rip, <laughs> huh? Yeah. So even in these situations, it's still possible that God could have been speaking through you. Just like sheep are not self-directed. God did not create us to be self-directed. He gave us the choice. You can function independently of me, but the main thing he wanted us to do was depend upon him, right? He wanted us to live and to love him so much so, you know, that we would just do it on our own. Nobody had to make us love him, that we would just fall in love with him, Right? Proverbs 3 6 tells us not to trust, not to depend, or be led by your own understanding, right? The lean and depend and trust God because your understanding will jack you up, mess you up, have you doing some foolish stuff. And all our problems actually start from ourselves, right? Self motivated, leaning to your own way, stubborn, prideful, can't nobody tell you nothing. Your mouth, come on. So it's our own understanding. So when we look back at the Garden of Eden where Eve initially understood God's way regarding the eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, something happened to her. Something happened that changed the focus of her perception of what God was saying. And this is what I'm telling you to do in the doctor's office change your perception of what that person is saying. But she changed the perception from God saying, don't do this to perceiving this fruit as good. So I'm telling you to change your perception when you're receiving news that are that is bad, right? Change the perception of that. So Eve thought she would do it her way, right? She thought that she knew better than God. So she went against what God had spoke to him. Now, she didn't follow his direction, and the root of many of our problems is not following the directions of God, right? Huh? Following God's directions will leave us to the abundant life. See, we be trying to get to the abundant life with shortcuts, right? I got this abundant life thing. All I got to do is, no. You can't do it with shortcuts. You got to go through God, Right? We talked about how the sheep can be stolen. We talked about how the sheep can be killed. In that same chapter of John, it says that the thief who is Satan, he cometh not but what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So when you choose not to do it God's way and you choose to do it his way, then there's destruction ahead. But Jesus comes that we may have life and have that life abundantly, right? So, the ability to hear and to hear the voice of God is essential in bringing as much heaven on earth as possible. God's plans for you are better than the plans you have for yourself. God's plans for you are better than the plans that you have for yourself. Jeremiah 29, 11. God's plans for you are good all the time. God wants to use you in a powerful way, but you want to be used by something and someone else. Huh? Want some me time, so you can go out there and do some (laughs) God wants to make your life abundant, but you got to want to hear him. He ain't gonna force you, right? You got to want to hear God's voice. You got to seek him with all your heart. God is faithful. If you've asked God for something with no response, then you need to check out some stuff. If you sought God on occasion and He didn't respond to you, then you need to find out whether or not you have yet sought Him or seek Him with all your heart. You gotta see. You gotta show determination to God. You gotta show you want Him. You gotta do it with an undivided heart. You can't do it. With your heart this way and then that way, it's gotta be undivided. And a heart whose sole purpose is towards God, that's the heart God is looking for. God will not force you if you don't want it, He's not gonna make you do it. And people be saying, Why God won't make cuz He's not, he's just not gonna make you. He wants you to freely choose Him. So here's the thing: every time that we come in contact with people. People, there's an opportunity sometimes that God may speak to those people. A lot of times we won't receive it. But God, he doesn't give up on us. He does things to continually draw us to himself. And sometimes he'll do it through other people, you know. But he's speaking to someone. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to someone. And every sermon that I preach, I believe that God is trying to reach someone. Now, for the moment in the service, you receive it. Then when you get out of here, you forget it, you know? But God is trying to reach someone. God is trying to reveal himself to someone. God is trying to turn someone's life around. You know, you don't know when you're leaving this earth, you know? We had seen a classmate out at at, um, Hallbacks, and here he was, we had seen him about a month ago. He was out there with his sister. Here it was last week or so. He passed away. And see, you don't know when it's going to be the last time you see somebody. And and that always amazes me because you always say, I just saw him. They look all right. Massive heart attack. So we've got to be ready whenever God decides to, you know. And I don't say he takes us out. I know a lot of people do, but he doesn't. I don't, I, no, I don't say God takes us out. I say that sometimes life ends because of ignorance and lack of knowledge. Um, we can find out about our body systems way before it. Our body gives us um, signs. Our body tries to stop us sometimes. And we ignore it. Our body will warn us and we won't pay attention. So it's not always, you know, God taking us out or God calling us home. It's not always that. And I know people say that, but I don't see a scripture that that's based on, even though people say it. So I believe that God is constantly trying to draw us to him. You know, I believe, like the Bible said, that God's desire is not for anybody to perish. You know, his desire is for all of us to have Everlasting life. His desire is for us to have abundant life, the good life, right? And that's why I feel like, you know, if you would just fine tune your ears to hear when God is speaking, continues. But the problem, a lot of times, as the Bible said, is that your heart is wax gross. What does that mean? A heart that's wax gross. What is wax? You've seen, there's a candle right there. And that stuff around the candle wick. It is wax, right? So that candle starts out with that wick, that string. And what they do is they, they dip that string. until the, They bring the uh, wax out until it's hard, and they dip it again until it hard, you know, to get that width. So when he says that the heart is waxed, gross, what is he talking about? He's talking about how hard your heart has become, or their heart has become, or whomever's heart has become. And how does a heart get so hard? How do we get, if you think of that wick as the heart, how do you get layers and layers of insensitivity towards God around your heart? Well, the Bible says that when this happens, your ears become dull of hearing God. Not dull to everyday sounds but dull to hearing God. You have a hard time tuning the ear frequency, the spiritual ear frequency, to the voice of God. And this explains one reason why we can't hear God. It's not that God isn't speaking, but it's that we can't hear because of things that are going on with our heart. And it goes on to tell us that a heart can, when a heart is hard, it's like stone. That's what Ezekiel was talking about. When a heart is hard, it's like stone. and and by nature, man's heart is hard. So what we have going on is that heart can be calcified, and throughout the body, you have calcification. What is calcification? Hard areas. Hard areas can affect affect you all through your body. You've heard of them talking about hardening of the arteries, have you not? That's calcification on the inside of your arteries, closing them so the blood doesn't come through like it should, right? And there's hardening of other tissues in your body as a result of calcium deposits. There's hardening in when your when, when you're, uh, kidneys, you know, people have gallstones or kidney stones. Where does that crystallation and that hardness come from, you know? That's hardening. People who have chronic inflammation or arthritis, you know, that's a hardening. There's something that's going on in the body, uh, in the nervous system, in the immune system, you know. So your body will will warn you. Drinking alcohol frequently causes calcification in the body. I know y'all don't like that because you like to get your drink on. That's good for you. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. But it does calcify, right? right, parts of your body. And there are trillions of dollars that they spend trying to figure out the results of all this calcification that's happening in the body. So when your heart is hard, here's the amazing thing, that when the spirit isn't right, it goes to the rest of the body. So whatever is going on here, and I'm not talking about your flesh, your fleshly heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. If that ain't right, then your body is going to start to take on deposits in some area. In other words, whatever is going on in your spirit, if you don't get it right in your heart, then your body is going to be affected by it. You're going to have deposit, cast, you might have tumors. You may have a cyst on your ovaries. You're going to have something going on in your body until you get it right. You can't go around here thinking you're getting away with things with a bad attitude, smart remarks, sarcasm, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. You are not going to walk around here with that, you know, backstabbing, talking about people. You're not going to walk around here with that without some type of manifestation in your body. And then you'll be running around here talking, well, I don't know why I got this. Check your heart. Check what you've been saying. Check check how you feel towards other people. You know, that's why people's joints are stiff. That's why we have chronic inflammation. That's why you feel tired. It affects every area of your life. It affects your natural state of being. You feel so much better when you just forgive and go on. So... You have all this, you know, joints, muscle aches, and all this stuff going on. It even affects your hearing, the plaque on your teeth, gums, all of this stuff. That hardening, anywhere something is hard that needs to be scraped or removed, there's a effect. Even people with breast cancer start out with calcium deposits in their breasts, and eventually it turns to a cancer. Why is that? You know? Because there's unforgiveness. There's stuff you haven't done. You have need to get right. You say, I'm sick because I won't forgive. I'm saying, because you won't forgive, that unforgiveness starts to take effect in your body. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere. Okay, we're going to move on, because y'all looking at me like y'all don't like that too much. All right? Now, sugar... And sweetness, i told y'all this before, sweet things feed those calcium deposits, that calcification. I just got to have something sweet. I mean, you got a choice, right? Do you want a healthy body? You got to have something sweet. You have convinced yourself you don't have to have something sweet. You choose to have something sweet. You know, but sugars and sweetness, they feed all these. They feed cancer. You know, they feed cancer. So, you know, you wonder how you get, they feed yeast infections, you women. They feed that. They feed fungus. Why are your toenails smelling? Fungus. Yeah. And and sugar feeds that stuff. Bad bacteria, mutated cells. That's what cancer is. Abnormal cells. People walk around here all the time with the possibility of that, but they don't become abnormal until you start letting the body feed on something. So... The body, uh, you know, walls of the body, they, you know, they start these calcium forming organisms and it causes your body tissue to be, get hard. So what happens when you have a stony heart a hard heart? You know, it physically affects your body. It leads to, you know, the belief that, you know, a condition that spiritual manifests as a physical condition. And you have to check yourself. You have to check your spiritual heart to see if you're right. It's just like... And I've I told you this before. It's just like uh, lymphedema that manifests on the body of you, you've seen it on uh, extremely obese people, right? Lymphedema where they have things hanging off of their body, big lumps, right? Those are lymphedemas because the lymph the lymphatic system has gotten stopped up some kind of way, and all these fibers and fatty deposits they got to go somewhere, so they just stretches out into the skin and makes their own place, right? And and most of that is caused by emotional eating. So the first thing you have to do is detox your body. And just like you detox your body, you got to detox your soul. How do you detox your body? You stop the sugar, you stop the caffeine, you stop the sodas, you stop drinking and eating all that stuff, you stop the flour, you stop the salt, you stop the grease, you detox your body. You go with the fruits and the vegetables, mostly vegetables. So you detox your body. And the soul has to be detoxed as well because I told you the soul is the filter. If that filter is never clean, what's going to happen? It's going to get clogged up, it's going to get dirty, it's going to come full of stuff. So your soul has to be detoxed. How do you detox your soul? Through worship, through the word of God, hearing God speak sometimes requires the removal of those things that may keep us from tuning in to the frequency of God. So hearing God requires quietness. It requires stillness. Hearing God will bless us in unprecedented ways so that we can bring as much heaven to earth as possible because we're receiving wisdom and revelation directly from heaven. So my advice to you is, Tune in to God, tune out the world. So if anyone needs prayer uh, at this time, I'm going to ask you to come on up. No one needs prayer, okay.